pimp, right? Kill, but dig. There's been a lot of hate going on, okay? So let me holler at this up. What's the Look at here, dog. Hey. see me in the street, but shout it, you don't know me. When you holler, when you speak, remember, you don't know me. Save all the hating and the popping, pipping, you don't know me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And like I told you guys last week, change is, is good. Change is inevitable. Change sometimes isn't welcome, but change is always needed. And we talked about the Redskins changing their names uh, or Washington changing the name. Um, we all know Redskins is, is a racial term that's used towards Native Americans and the Redskins are changing it now if you think and then we talked about this last week but if you think that they're changing it because they had a change of heart or are you changing it because they're looking at the social climate and thinking ah we need to make a change no that's not what's happening they're changing because their sponsors FedEx Petco or Pepco uh, Nike Amazon like trillions and trillions trillions upon trillions of dollars that they could potentially lose if they don't change the name is the reason why they're changing the name. But I mean, it's definitely needed. Like I said, it, it's something that's welcome. It's something that is, it's something that's, that's, that's gonna, you know, that's, that's finally here. And don't think that is just Washington. Yes. Washington is getting the heat now because they probably have, the most racist name in sports right now, but don't think Washington's the only team that's going to get it. I mean, quiet as it's kept, we can look at the Kansas City Chiefs. We can look at the the Cleveland Indians. Um, we can look at the Florida State Seminoles with the chop thing. Kansas City does the chop. Like, this is the climate and this is the time to make change. Change should, it shouldn't have to be, oh, because everyone's with the whole Black Lives Matter and everything. It shouldn't, that shouldn't be the reason for change, but you know, what, what better time than now? So, uh, Hey, but again, the Washington, Washington team is going to be changing their name. Uh, another reason, and, and, and I'm actually a little surprised at how quick it came because I remember Dan Snyder, the owner of the team saying, you know, we're never going to, we're never going to change the team. Never, ever, ever. But of course, like I said, once money gets involved, then yeah, I mean that that name can go. So I was surprised. Like I thought it would take maybe towards the end of the season, maybe finalize it in the middle of the season. But I guess the pressure was on Dan Snyder and the and the organization's neck. So they were like, "Oh yeah, we really got to change. Like we can't, we can't, we can't lollygag on this one because FedEx. We're trying to get a new stadium built, trying to get all these sponsors to come." And when they're all saying no because the team's name is like ah, you know it's 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 time to it's time to cut our losses, man. So, but I was a little surprised. Now, some of the names that's been floating around are the Red Tails, the the Red Wolves, the Washington Generals, the Washington um. I don't know if I said Red Tails. The Washington, uh, Washington Warriors. I kind of like the Warriors. Now, I understand. I think I, I think the second one that I like is the Red Wolves. But, you know, it's... I don't know how the, the, the chant's going to go. You know, like, hail to the Red Wolves. Yeah, I don't... Or hail to the Warriors. No, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. And I know that they were saying I don't know how I don't know how they're gonna do it. I know there's some fans that's ready for the change. There's some fans that are open to the change, and there's some fans, as you know, that don't like change and are gonna push back. Hell, you see in NASCAR with the with the Confederate flag. There's some fans that says, "Oh, defund NASCAR. I'm never gonna support NASCAR because you know the 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 name this that, and the third i mean not the confederate flag this that, and the third you had racers race rally uh he let he quit even though he was trash but you see people aren't really open to change sometimes like you have and, and it goes back to the to to they're gonna have to change you know as a fan you're gonna have to change the way that you you view things man you're gonna have to change the way that I don't know how you're going to do the chant because, like I said, the tomahawk thing, that's that's a racial turn or that's a racial action, I guess. And I think that they're going to ban that from the game. So I don't know how it's going to go, but 
yeah, the, the Washington team is is changing their name. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I don't know. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Again, I'm a Washington fan. I've been a fan my whole life. I'm from the DMV. So um, I'm from Maryland. I, you know, it's funny. This is a little side side note. I don't understand when. Okay, so I'm from Maryland. I've lived in Maryland and D.C. my entire life. Like, I've gone back and forth. And it's funny when you hear people say I'm from the DMV. More than likely, whoever says they're from the DMV, more, nine times out of ten, they're from Maryland. <laughs> like, only D.C. D.C. people say they're from D.C. Or they say they're from, like, Southeast or Northeast or Northwest or something like that. If they say they're from the DMV, 9.5 times out of ten, they're from Maryland. So don't let me don't let it fool you and don't think that I'm not proud to be from Maryland. I I mean I'm from I'm from Maryland. I'm from I mean I was born in Chevrolet. Uh I stayed in DC a lot of my life, stayed in Maryland a lot of my life. So and I'm in Maryland now even though I'm pretty much like 2 minutes outside of DC, but this time third. Yeah, that was a little tangent. Let's get back to it. Is there anything else about football? Um of course the Madden, the the Madden, um, the Madden uh, rankings came out, and as we know, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's the best, uh, highest ranked on the game. He's like ninety nine, understandably. Number two is Russell Russell Wilson, and this is just as far as the quarterbacks. Number two is Russell Wilson. Number three is um, Lamar Jackson. Number four, I believe, is Drew Brees. And number five is Tom Brady. And just missing or just out of the number five, the sixth spot is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I get it. Makes sense. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to do it this this episode because I already have a list that I'm going to do. But I think may, before, you know, before the season starts, I'm going to have I'm going to rank the um, all the quarterbacks. I'm going to rank them from. All the starting quarterbacks. There's a lot of, there's a lot of you know non-starters. But I'm gonna rank the, you know, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do all the quarterbacks. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do the top ten. Top ten quarterbacks is what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna do it this episode. So stay tuned. Maybe next episode or, or a little bit down the few, down the line. But I'm gonna rank the top ten quarterbacks because I like doing rankings. I like doing lists. And clearly with Madden coming out soon and all these rankings and quarterbacks accolades coming out, I, I want to throw my hand, throw my hand in the ring. So, you know, um, anything else about football? No, let's let's go to basketball. So the bubbles started. I, I think we talked about this last week. Um, NBA bubbles, you know, players reported in the NBA bubble. Now, there's still some players that's not. Uh, or haven't reported yet. Like I know James Harden hasn't reported. Russell Westbrook, who just tested positive for coronavirus, he hasn't reported, which is huge. And what I'm going to do a little later in the show or a little later in this episode is I'm going to rank all 22 teams in the bubble uh, from least to, be- least to best. And the Rockets... I had them ranked, and I'm not going to change it, but I'll talk about it a little bit when I get there. I had them ranked where they are with the with the idea that both James Harden and Russell Westbrook will be healthy. We'll, ha- we'll definitely have to see what's, what's going to happen down the road. But, um, yeah, players are reporting to the bubble, and we're starting to see that they're not – a lot of them aren't really liking the conditions. And when I say conditions, I mean um, – the food, I guess, uh, you know, they're getting, they're not getting the luxury five-star meals that they're used to. And some people aren't liking it. Uh, I think, uh, Ryan Hollins or I forgot his, I think it's Ryan Hollins, I believe, or Ronald Highlands or whatever his name is from the Kings. He went out the bubble and now he's quarantined. Like, it's like the 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 teams the 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 teams and and the players aren't really some players are not really adjusting to it too well, and I have two takes, one for the NBA and one for the WNBA because I feel the WNBA players are getting a little bit worse. 
you know, the, the living conditions aren't as plush and as luxurious as the NBA. And, you know, some women were talking about how they have dietary needs that aren't being met. Some of them, uh, the, the, the living areas aren't the cleanest. Some of them are dealing with things that they shouldn't be dealing with in the WNBA. The NBA, the food's not the best, I guess. But other than that, you still have amenities. I mean, you still have game rooms. You still have – I see people fishing everywhere. You see uh, they got nice basketball courts. Um, it's just a bubble, you know what I mean? And here's what I'll say. It's none of my you – know, I can't – you like what you like, you know what I mean? You do what you do. You enjoy what you enjoy. But I don't know what people expected going into a bubble, especially a bubble that they're trying. The main goal not only is to resume basketball, but to keep things and people out. I don't know how you expected (laughs) or how some NBA players expected to have full uh, like full course meals, man. Or how they expect it to be a thousand percent comfortable. Like, again, your goal is to one stay healthy and two win and play basketball, because that's what you want to do. So I'm, and that's what I said at the beginning. Like, honestly, I would scrap the season. Um, I would have been the because we don't have this virus thing under control. As we're starting to see. Once you reopen, of course, cases are starting to flare up again. I think health is more important than winning a championship. And, yes, I understand it It will definitely have implications on next year with the CBA, with the pay. There might be a lockout. Like, I understand that. But at the end of the day, to me, life is more important than worrying about that next year. So I, being myself, probably would have scrap the season but i understand why they didn't however there are players that had an option to stay home so if you were so worried about the conditions now in the bubble or if you were so worried about the food you should have stayed home and this is just for the nba wnba i'm talking to you front office i'm talking to you wnba uh i guess league of execs these women are the they're they're the ones that generate your your popularity, your income, your 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 relevancy. You have players like there was a report yesterday that came out saying Elena Deladon, who was just the reigning MVP reigning WNBA champion she was denied being able to opt out due to medical reasons due to an injury and I'm saying if you're a player especially in this climate and you try to opt out you shouldn't have to go through a whole medical cycle for them to say for them to turn out and say you can't either can or cannot like sit out that should be your decision. Now, I think the reason why she did that, because if you sit out because you just don't want to play, I don't think you get paid um, for the season. But if you do, if you do, like, if you're not able to play due to injury, I think you still get paid. Now, I know the WNBA players, they're getting their full salaries, which I respect, and I, and I definitely love that. But, again, I believe that um, – if you aren't able to play medically due to a medical reason, you do get your full pay. But if you just opt out, you don't, which is why I believe that Converse is paying for uh, Natasha or no Tasha Cloud's um, salary because she's not she opted not to play due to, you know, she doesn't want to go in the bubble due to what's going on climate wise. She opted not to play, but Converse is paying for a salary. So shout out to Converse. But again, you players shouldn't have to like you should be able to opt out if you want to, especially for like if it's a medical reason. I know my body. I know if I'm hurt, like I shouldn't have to go through a whole medical process for them to then deny me, 
you know, it, it, especially if I'm a league MVP. WNBA, I've been preaching this. People have been preaching this since the since the beginning of your league. There should be no reason why these players, these athletes, should be treated like second class citizens in their own league. I I understand if like I understand if this league is not like if if it's I understand if it's maybe like no I don't even because overseas people. There's players that get paid more in the uh, overseas than they do in the states, so it's t- like I get it. You you know where this is a this is a situation that nobody's ever seen, nobody's ever gone through, nobody's ever experienced. But this should be a time where you're supposed to, where you're trying to champion and you're trying to treat your players the best seeing as though this is the time when they really see that you if you care or not now i'm not saying that WNBA organization does not care about its players but when you see players have lizards in their room and have um dirty looking rooms and have dietary needs not being able to be met then you start then you start thinking like okay how much do you really care about the players over the fact that you just want the season to start and and you know make money so you know the the players both WNBA and NBA are have have entered their bubbles and uh I'm just going to see how it goes man I'm excited I'm excited and WNBA treat your players better I mean that that shouldn't that that that's unfortunately been here since the end of time treat your players better and nba a bro i'm not saying don't complain but like do what you got like do what did you really expect you know what i'm saying that's all i'm saying but without further ado i told you guys i was going to rank the 22 teams that are in the nba circle or bubble and that's what i'm gonna do now I'm, i'm going off these rankings as terms of who's going in the bubble or who's in the bubble who you know the team how they're constructed now and and just overall team so i'm gonna start with 22 and i'm gonna go with the brooklyn nets now if the brooklyn brooklyn nets were completely healthy they would not be 22 they wouldn't be the worst team but when you have KD not coming, Kyrie not coming, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Ter- Terion Pr- Prince, Wilson Chandler, and Nick Claskin not playing, like that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven players, seven t- key players, especially KD and Kyrie. So the fact that that team is going to look completely different, like. I don't know who's going to be playing for that team. I know you have Karis LeVert, but outside of Karis and Joe Joe Harris, I don't really know who's, who's playing. I mean, and you have Jared Allen, but Jared Allen really isn't no, you know, isn't, isn't no, you know, isn't going to move the needle as much, especially if he's by himself. So, or, you know, especially if he's the third option. So, I, you know, it's that team was decimated by injury and decimated by people opting out like Wilson Chandler or coronavirus like that team was decimated now 21 and 22 can kind of be tossed up now I'm actually leaning a little bit towards 21 being 22 and that's the Washington Wizards but the reason why I have the Wizards just slightly over the Nets is because you still have now the team wasn't good completely healthy yeah and you lose bradley bill who is one of the best shooting guards in the league i think he was second or third in scoring before the whole you know virus thing started the reason why i have them at 21 instead of 22 however is because their pieces are still kind of there the pieces that were playing before um before Bradley Beal. I mean like before everything went down. As terms of yeah, they weren't good, but you still have a a nucleus of players that were playing. The Nets are pretty much gonna have to roll out a whole new team outside of maybe three or four players. Or you're gonna have to depend on players that weren't even expected to play this year. So that's why I have Washington at twenty one and the Nets at twenty two. 
At 20, I have the magic. Now, you have Aaron Gordon. You have Mo Bamba. You have Markel Fultz. But outside of that, I mean, <laughs> you have Orlando, and that's where they're playing at. So that's kind of a home game, except they're not playing with any fans. So I don't I don't know what the Nets are going to do, but the Nets aren't that good of a team, honestly. Uh, yeah, and you also have Terrence Ross. But they weren't good, fully healthy with the regular season, and they're not – they're still not good. So I don't, I don't, you know, I have them at 20. 19, I have the Suns. Outside of DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, they're, they're really, it's, it's, <laughs> there really isn't much with the Suns. Now, oh, and you have Kelly Oubre, but that's, that's about it. Like, I don't, I don't, there's nothing much with the Suns. So that's why they're at 19. 18, you have the Kings. You have uh, Marvin Bagley. You have De'Aaron Fox. That's about it. <laughs> like, again, that's these. All right. So these teams, I kind of put these teams in tiers. There's a team. There's the championship bubble. There are the the people that are not re- well, are close to championships. And if they won a championship, that would, you know, that, that would be surprising. But, it, you know, th- I don't see it happening. Then you have the people that may be a piece or two away then you have the ones that just have no shot. These teams that I'm saying now are the teams that have no shot. Like I said, the Nets, the Washington, Nets due to injury, Washington, uh, the Magic, the Suns, the Kings. And I'm going to have to go with number 17 at this point, which is the Pacers. And the only reason why the Pacers right now is because your best player in Victor Oladipo is out. Now, yeah, you have uh, Miles Turner. You have some solid pieces, but when you're those pieces were formed to be play around Victor Oladipo, and Victor Oladipo he's an all star, he's a solid player, especially when he played for Orlando and when he played for the Thunder. But he's definitely come come to his own and and and, and definitely blossomed when he went to pour up the Indiana, but. He's not there. He's not here due to the fact that he's still kind of nursing himself back to health after the injury that he suffered. And while he did come back before the season pretty much stopped, it, it was he only played like a couple games, maybe like two or three. And I think he wants to get healthy again, which which is smart. I mean, again, these are unprecedented times that we're in. So it's definitely smart if you want to if you're still if you're not 100 percent sure what you want to do so you know what i mean so uh number 17 is the pacers only because victor oladipo is not playing number 16 i have the grizzlies you you have john morant you have uh jaron jackson jr um you have jason you have crowder like this is a young team i think that this team is it's exciting don't get me wrong this team is exciting but i don't think they have a chance of winning like at all uh, again Give Ja a couple more years. Give Jackson a couple more years. Then we'll definitely see. But And this is a scrappy team. I mean, Memphis has always been a scrappy team. But, you know, I, I just don't give them a shot due to the fact that the teams that are above them and the fact that it's a young team and, and they're still trying to get their legs together and still trying to figure out this whole NBA thing. You know what I mean? Like, your best two players just two years ago were not, I think, your best two players just two years ago were in were in high school, so um, you know, or well, one was in college, one was in high school. So that's all I'm saying. It's it's definitely they definitely need a couple more years, but I do have them at 16. At 15, I have the Spurs, and the reason why I have the Spurs is because Aunt Lamarcus Aldridge went out. Now, if Lamarcus Aldridge was still playing they would be a little higher because you have the tandem of LaMarcus Aldridge with DeAndre, I mean, uh, with DeMarcus, mm, with uh, Deon, DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, and you have DeJounte Murray with the coaching ability, you know, the, the coaching genius of Greg Popovich. But, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is out, and LaMarcus Aldridge is their key piece, arguably their best player. I mean, it's a toss-up between him and DeMar DeRozan, but – that's those are your top two players when one of the top two especially a team that isn't the best right now you know it's 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 tough so that's why i have the spurs at 15 
And honestly, I have the Spurs at 15 mostly because of the coaching of Greg Popovich and DeMar DeRozan. Like, if they if, if they just had DeMar DeRozan, yeah, they they definitely be down there. Or if they just had Greg, like, Greg Popovich alone, to me, he's the greatest coach in, in basketball, well, in NBA history. So, it's like, that definitely holds weight. So, I have the uh, Spurs at 15. 14, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. This kind of like the Grizzlies is a young team, but when you have Zion Williamson, who looks like he he came back, I think he lost. Well, I ain't no think he definitely got himself in shape. You have Lonzo Ball, who plays really well alongside um, Zion Williamson. You have Brandon Ingram. You have Drew Holiday. You have JJ Redick. Like they have really good pieces. Now, do I think that they're good enough to? win it all of course not but do i think that they can they can sneak in and be an eighth seed yes i do i mean again you have very young pieces but they have a a a good brandon ingram has been incredible this year he's first time all-star zion williamson i mean he's a freak of nature so and of course you got lonzo and drew holiday who to me is one of the most underrated players in nba history so when you have all those together, yeah, you definitely have a a you definitely have a nucleus that could win you some games. Now again, I still think you need time and and development, but and I don't think like I said they're good enough to win a championship right now, but I do think that they are the 14th best team out of this 22. At 13 I have the Dallas Mavericks. Luka is incredible. Uh Porzingis, you know, he's coming back from from injury and, and everything that happened in New York, but he's still good. Like, you you have really good pieces. And the only reason why I have them at 13 is, one, because they're young, and two, their greatness kind of masks some of their problems. Like, let's, let's just talk about Luka real quick. Luka is an incredible player. Luka is, to me, well, uh, well above his years in the league like he's only what his second year in the league but he plays like he's a veteran like that's how smooth his game is and of course playing overseas as long as he i think he's been playing overseas since he was like 16 that definitely helped but and luca to me is once in a generational player not saying he's the best player or anything but he's once in a i don't think there's going to be another player in a for a while like luca Doncic. the problem with luca though is if we really dig deep, Luca is not that good in crutch and I mean in clutch situations. Now, I'm not taking away the greatness that he has the you know, the the first three or four and a, like first three and a half quarters, but the fourth quarter he he really does like I guess he he the pressure kind of gets to him and he, he gets tight. Now I'm not trying to be like some of those analysts, oh, because of that, we're just going to throw Luka away. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is these games are going to be high pressure. So they're going to need players like Luka to hit big shots at the end. At the end. They're going to need players like Porzingis to hit big shots. And I, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. But they have struggled with that. KCP, on, or no, Porzingis, on the other hand. It's the injury. It's the health bug. Like, can he stay healthy? When he's healthy, he's he's incredible. You know, he's seven six, I believe, or seven seven three, seven four. But he's in. I think he's maybe seven three. But he's in, he's incredible. And you know, it's it's best when he's healthy. And we need to see it. Can he continuously stay healthy? If he can, he'll be he'll be he'll be one of the greats. But if not, we'll have to see. So. I, I think Dallas has definite potential, and they have they haven't ha- have a chance to upset some people in the in the playoffs or upset some people trying to make the playoffs. But you know, I have to wait and see. Number twelve, I have the Thunder, and I really like the Thunder. I like CP three. I I was one of the people that didn't think C three P C three P CP three was going to work in or, or Oklahoma City. I just didn't think he wanted to be there, and I thought that they were just going to trade him off and just tank. But he's been really well, plus especially playing alongside Shea Gilders-Alexander, who is one of the most talented young talents that we have in the league right now. And and 
it's just that team has come together so incredibly. Steven Adams has played really well. Um, like I said, you have Shea Gildress. It's it's it, the Thunder is a team that I didn't expect to be this good, but they're very but but they're here. So I didn't expect them to be. Um, I thought they were going to be really bad this year, especially with I didn't think again I didn't think CP3 was going to help or going to want to be there, so he wasn't really going to play his best or play at all. I, I thought I, I thought that the pieces weren't just going to fit. I, I just didn't think they were going to be good. But again, I'm surprised. I was definitely surprised, and they sit 12th on my list because they're good. So uh, that is the Thunder. Number 11 at Portland. I mean, yes. The du- dynamic duo of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum has only gotten them, you know, to the Western Conference Finals, and each time they've gotten to the Western Conference Finals, they've been swept. But oh no, let me say this: I think they've only been to the Western Conference Finals once, but every time they played um, Golden State, they they just lose. But I mean, that's Golden State, so <laughs> yeah, you can't. And that was Golden State with. A health, all the health, you know, there and KD. So uh, you can't hate. But Damian Lillard was on a historic run before the season ended. Um, and CJ, while CJ McCollum wasn't having the greatest season, I do want to, you know, I, I have seen him in the playoffs become, you know, have some exceptional games. So, and I think that Portland is a team that could upset a number one seed. Now, do I think it will happen? Probably not. But I do think Portland can upset a number one seed. So that's something to that's something to look out for, and that's why I have them 10th. I mean 11th. 10th, I have the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat is a weird team. They're incredible. I mean, they have I think that they're one team that has a better road rec- record than home or I think either they have a better road record than home or they're just unstoppable. No, they're unstoppable at home. <laughs> like, they're incredible at home. And I think that, um, you know, with Jimmy Butler, with Bam Adebayo, with uh, Derrick Jones Jr., it's it, it, it's a good team, uh, Dragic. It's a good team, and it's a scrappy team. Not many of these teams are scrappy like the Heat, and I think that it definitely bodes well for the Heat. The Heat need that scrap. The Heat, the Heat go as Jimmy Butler because that's their star, that's their leader. That team has embodied Jimmy Butler's grit, and because of that, they 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 have been a surprise team of the year. Now, they also have a have a chance to upset somebody in the first round. Whoever they play in the first round will be a really good matchup. Do I think they win? They could. I don't know. But that is definitely a team to look out for, especially with Bam and, and Jimmy and all of them. So that's why I have the Heat at number 10. Number 9, I have the 76ers. Now, the 76ers should be a lot higher with the personnel that they have. But it's just, they are, they have been terrible on the road and incredible at home. I think that's, that's, that shows the signs of a young team. You know, you have uh, Ben Simmons, who is one of the best players in the league. However, we're still waiting to see that development, and the, especially the development in the shot. Joel Embiid, one of, if not the best big man in the, in the game. And you have some pieces. You have, you know, that, uh, Tobias Harris. You have, some, you have some pieces around them. It's just... I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be because, like I said, they are incredible at home and terrible away, and it's, they're not at home. So that it's hard for me to put them above nine because we have to wait and see. They should be a lot higher with the personnel and the talent that they have, but again, I have to wait and see. Um, number is eight. I have the Jazz, and the only reason why I, I would have them higher if Bogdanovich was not like out he's such a key piece to that team with their with the able with their ability to space and his ability to shoot and create shots he's he losing him was huge and i know it's it's only bogdanovich but if you see how utah uses him like you remember bogdanovich when he was destroying okc when they had russell westbrook and paul george like he was killing him 
Now I know it's it's again people's like it's just Bo it's just Bogdanovich, but go back to that series and watch and watch how game after game Utah uses him. Utah uses him as like the safety valve. Like he is such a great player. Now yes, you have Donovan Mitchell who's their best player. You have Rudy Gobert who's their defensive stopper, but their third most important player was Bogdanovich. Now he was even playing better than Mike Conley, so. I think losing him is such a huge piece or such a huge loss, and that's why I have them at number eight. Now, I told you earlier in the show, I had Houston ranked a little high. But that is because I thought that they would be, or I, I, will, I am under the assumption all their players are going to be healthy. And that is why I have Houston at seven. Now, reports yesterday came out saying Russell Westbrook has or is recovering from COVID-19. Now, I don't know how this is going to affect them. Oh, also, Lou Abal Lou Abal James Harden and Lou Abamute have not reported to the bubble. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to affect the team. I don't know how this is going to affect the rest of the season. I don't know how this is going to affect the playoffs. But if all of the t if if all their players are healthy, they're seventh. I think because we've seen they still lack one. Well, one, they don't really lack de height at all. I think their center is P.J. Tucker, and he's 6'5". They don't really have have depth depth like that. So, And it's, it's really still, you only go as far as James Harden and Russell Westbrook take you. And we're still, we still need to see if they can coexist, especially in the playoff situation. So if they're both healthy, they and when I say both, I mean James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And if they're on their games, this team could make a run to the championship because you have two of the most dynamic players in the league right now that's healthy and that's in the bubble. So, because of that, these the Houston could win it all, but they also, and that's the thing about the Houston that's so frustrating. And I think this is frustrating to Houston fans too. Houston is so. Houston is so odd to 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 predict with or predict for because Houston can go. Houston has the talent, and sometimes they look like they're so good. These this can be a championship team. They look like James Harden firing all cylinders, Russell Westbrook firing all cylinders, PJ Tucker's locking up. You have uh, house hitting shots. This team. Sometimes looks incredible. Austin Rivers is playing incredible. Sometimes this team looks unstoppable. Sometimes this team looks like, wow, that team is the best team in the league. You have two of the best or two of the top, I don't know, five, ten players in the team or in the league playing at, all, at an incredible clip. This team is unstoppable. But then there's times when this team is like, yo, Houston getting destroy like Houston's not good Houston really is terrible on defense Houston is on you know James Harden is looking not looking good Russell Westbrook is not looking good like this team is so night and cold it's incredible to me with the talent that they have with the leaders that they have it's just it's so it's so hard to predict so like I said I have them at seventh because they can either they can really lose the first round or they can win the championship. Like, it's it's really hard. So, that's why I have them at seventh. Sixth, I have the Nuggets. Now, this is also contingent on they have Nikola Jokic, who a lot of people, may probably including myself, think that he's the best center in the league. You know, you have him. You have Jamal Murray. you ha and, and, of course, Jokic, is, he did get skinny. But he is also dealing with COVID-19. So, I'm not 100% sure when or if he's going to return to his team so definitely have to look out for that and if he's not there they plummet as well like they're not at six if he's not there but if he is there they're definitely you know you have the young talent with like i said uh jamal murray with uh gary harris Jokic. um you know, you have the plum, a Plumley. You, you know, they they have the nucleus, and and they're one of those teams that are really good throughout the year because they really care about playoff seating because they're the type of team that 
you want to they want to get you in a in a in a if they have to go to game 7 they want to they want home court advantage so they take the they take the regular season very seriously so because of that that's why they play hard all the time and they really care about seeding so that's why it's it's important for the nuggets to 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 really i think I think these next eight games, because I think they have eight games before they go into playoffs. This eight games is important for a lot of teams. Some teams are more important than others. Like the eight games are incredibly important for Portland, incredibly important for Dallas or or the the New Orleans, the Spurs, um, the Grizzlies. But there are some teams that are that don't really need those eight games, but they're incredibly important. And I think that's for the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets. While you do have young players, you do want to get those engines running again. And I think that, you know, you want to get back into a rhythm. And I think that that is going to be huge for the Nuggets. And I have them at six, barring they have Nikola Jokic to start the season. Number five, I have Toronto. Toronto is surprising to me. I didn't think Toronto was going to be good after losing Kawhi Leonard. But they've been incredible. And... I can't say, you know, they, they yes, they surprised me. Kyle Lowry has been good. Um, Pascal Siakam has been one of the best players in the league. Van Vliet has been good. Um, they just been a, they've been a solid team. They've been a veteran latent team. Like they they have they don't make a lot of mistakes. They do what they're supposed to do. This team has been incredible. And this team, the top these top five teams. All have a shot to make to win the championship, and all if they won the championship, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I'd be surprised if Toronto won, but I'd only be surprised because I thought that they would fall off a mat once they lost Kawhi Leonard, and because they didn't, or and because they did, and they are still one of the top teams in the league. That's incredible to me. That's a great coaching. That's great leadership. You have a great player in Pascal. Like their in Serge Ibaka has been incredible. So. You know, that's I have Toronto at fifth, and I wouldn't be surprised if they would they make it to whatever conference or make it to one of the conference finals or whatever. So that's that's uh, Toronto at fifth. Fourth, I have the Celtics. The Celtics to me have better players in Toronto. <laughs> now the Celtics, you know, they're still they're still night and cold or hot and cold sometimes, but they're better. I mean, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. You have um, Kimball Walker. You have Gordon Hayward. Like, they have incredible pieces. And if they all – this is another team. This, to me, is a – now, I know I have them at fourth. But this – do not be surprised if the Celtics go really deep in the playoffs because the Celtics have good players. And when you build a team around Jason Tatum and, and Kimball Walker and then you have complementary pieces like – Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward, that's a really good team. So because of that, I have the Celtics at fourth. Number three, I have Milwaukee. And I have Milwaukee because you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is arguably the best player in the league. You have Chris Middleton, who is one of the most underrated players in the league. And they just have a solid team around them. You have the Lopez brothers. Um, it's this... T- you you have Wesley Matthews who still his threes like you it's an, it's it's a team you it's you know it's it, on paper like if you took Giannis off it would be an oh it would be a it, it wouldn't be a good team but because you put Giannis there and the they compliment hit the players around him complement Giannis so well that's why they're one of the best teams um. And and with Giannis being as good as he is, it's it's hard to if <laughs> a lot of people have them winning the championship, and I wouldn't be surprised either because you have a player like Giannis, and you know they they were going into well when, before the season stopped, they were one of the best teams in the league. I think they were like second, so you know that's why I have them at third. As second, I have the Lakers. Now, the only reason why I have the Lakers at second is because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, you have Rajon Rondo, who had a fractured hand, who I think he's going to miss six to eight weeks. A.V. Bradley opted out. Dwight Howard was 
in and out, but he is he is playing. Kyle Kuzma before the season ended was not playing well. And it's an older team. Like now that Rondo and Avery Bradley aren't gonna be there for well, Avery Bradley's not gonna be there, period. But now that Rondo's not gonna be there for a um short period of time, now you have to rely on people like Quinn Cook, um, to get a little bit more or a lot more minutes. You allow or trust people like Danny Green to get more minutes. And while I do like Danny Green, I don't know how much I trust him in a role where he's going to have to put the ball on the ground. So, but I still have them at two because you still have LeBron James. You still have Anthony Davis and it's still the Lakers. They still had the best record before the season ended. And again, it's... When you you have the height like they do, like they they're a tall team, LeBron, uh, who can play point guard. You have Anthony Davis. You have Dwight Howard, um, Kyle Kuzma. Like this is a tall team, and don't forget about JaVel McGee. Uh, you add J.R. Smith, who's a shooter. You add uh, Dion Waiters, who's a shooter. Like <laughs> it's it's a good team. It's it's just it's a very old team and you 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 have to pr- now of course you don't hope anybody gets injured like that's not what you hope for but you really hope that nobody gets injured for the Lakers cuz they're already down a couple players and it's an older team so the these 8 games are going to be really important for the Lakers too to get that to get them rolling again yeah they still have the veterans and of course LeBron and AD but you do want to get them rolling and number 1 is 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 the Clippers, everyone's healthy right now. From Kawhi Leonard, from Paul George, um, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold, uh, Patrick Beverly, everyone's healthy right now. And I think they're probably the healthiest team right now. And because of the, they're the healthiest team, and I think they're the deepest team in the league. So that's it's, that's why I, I have them as the best team. Now, I... I I mean, spoiler alert, I, I think that they have the necessary pieces to win the championship. And, I mean, a lot of these teams have the necessary pieces. But I think that they definitely are in prime position to win the championship with, you know, the depth that they have. Do I think that they're – do I think that – I think they have the best roster. Now, do they have the best players? I don't know. Like, you still have the, you know, LeBron James AD. You still have – Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You still have Giannis and Chris Middleton. But they, you know, outside of that, you still have the depth. Like, I don't think their third best player is Lou Williams. I think Lou Williams is the best third best player on a team than anyone else. Like, I don't see another team's third best player that's right now in the league better than Lou Williams. Their fourth best player is Montrez Harold. I don't see a fourth best player better than Montrez Harold. So I think that their depth is definitely going to reign supreme. But that's just something that we're going to have to see. So, And there you have it, man. Uh, that's been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Um, I, I know y'all ain't see it because the editing and, of course, this is the final. But this this episode was definitely tough to make from computer troubles to mic troubles to com- to camera troubles it was a challenge but we got here and i appreciate you guys for listening i appreciate you guys for tuning in i appreciate you guys for, especially the people that continuously be here i appreciate y'all and i love y'all to death um please stay safe out there for with everything that's going on uh please um mask up Please subscribe, please subscribe, please subscribe, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And I definitely love y'all. I definitely appreciate y'all. And until next time, man, uh, much love. Oh, hold on, hold on. That didn't. For the the YouTube viewers, I didn't even do the hand thing. Oh, my fault. Here we go. Until next time, much love. I need you to pray for me. I need you to care for me. I need you to want me to win I need to know where I'm headed Cause I know where I've been Flows, bone crushing, it's nothing I come up with something Come through your strip front and stunt 
It's something you want. 745 phone spinners, haters hate that I'm winning. Man, I've been hot from the beginning. Motherfuckers envy the kid. Control your jealousy, cause I can't control my temper. I'm finna catch a felony. Pistol in hand, homie, I'm down to get it poppin'. Once I squeeze the first shot, you know I ain't stopping till my clip is empty. I'm simply not that nigga you should try your luck with a fuck with. Hollow tip shells are struck with your bones broken. Gun smoking, steel loaded. What nigga? Lay your ass down, paramedics get you up. Bitch. Right now, on the edge, so don't push me. I ain't straight for your head, so don't push me. Fill your ass up with lead. Don't push me, I got something for your ass Keep thinking I'm pussy right now I'm on the head So don't push me, I ain't straight for your head So don't push me, fill your ass up with lead So don't push me, I got something for your ass Keep thinking I'm pussy I lost my bigger nigga and I didn't cry Too young to understand the consequences of a man Living a lie Gotta get that money, I be damn if I'm bummy Gotta watch my back around these niggas Cause they funny, 20 years of watching my mama tears Got me heated, heavily weeded Smoking that bomb cause I need it These niggas don't want me ballin', they want me buried Balled in the dirt from shots flurry Layin' with bugs all on my shirt I got plans to hop up in that Hummer Cause I'm a stunner, I sit back and wonder When them angels gon' call my number under My chest is a heart of a lion I ain't lying, bounty hunters got me flying With my iron, high as a giant I'm running for nothing, my stomach is tired what I'm clutching to give you more than a concussion End the discussion, my blood is colder So I'm bolder, Hennessy and soda Hood on my shoulder, look in the mirror I see it so Right now I'm on the head, so don't push me I ain't straight for your head, so don't push me Fill your ass up with lead, so don't push me I got something for your ass, keep thinking I'm pussy Right now I'm on the head, so don't push me I ain't straight for your head, so don't push me Fill your ass up with lead so don't push me, I got something for your ass, keep taking I'm pushing These are my ideas, this is my sweat and tears This is shit that I saw with my balls, my ears This is me who's gotta be, what you see on TV What you hear on CD, what appears easy Man, these teeny boppers see me on these magazine covers And these beanies and these rags, living fantasies Frontin' like it's all fun and games Till the shoot em up, bang, and you see your brains hang And you see we ain't playing, ain't saying we ain't laying down at night and ain't praying I bully my way in this game, man, I'm done playing, man, I'm done saying that I'm done playing I'ma start laying into these motherfucking cocksuckers There's no way I'ma back down like a goddamn coward I can't, how would I look as a man bowing to his knees like the mad cow disease Let somebody lash out at me and not lash back out at him, please Oh, whoa, yo, ho, hold up, oh no, not me, not Marshall Wanna see Marshall? I'll show you Marshall I try to show you art, but you just pick it apart So I see I have to start showing you fucking old farts A whole nother side I wanted to not show you So you know you're not dealing with some fucking marshmallow Little soft yellow punk pussy who's harsh jelly Right now I'm on the head, so don't push me I ain't straight for your head, so don't push me Fill your ass up with lead, so don't push me I got something for your ass, keep thinking I'm pussy Right now I'm on the head I ain't straight for your head, so don't push me. Fill your ass up with lead, so don't push me. I got something for your ass, keep thinking I'm pussy.